We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 263 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my main guy, as always, Pierre. No, Malcolm, with us, but Pierre, what's up, man? I'm doing great, Tyler. Victory Monday. Feels good to finally have a dub. And, bro, against the Packers, too, like, that feels a lot better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feeling real good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. You know, and... It was an interesting victory Monday. Like, I, I don't know. Like, is it weird? Like, does it feel like the same feeling as, like, a victory, victory Monday? Like, you know, you have the good feeling all day. I don't know. I just didn't feel like that today. It was nice being the pack. But other than that, like, it was just, like, I don't know, dude. I'm not I'm not checked in right now. I'm not checked in. I don't know how you felt personally, though. So, um, I'm, like, it felt good for me, honestly. Anytime I win, especially against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, it feels good. I don't know. I, I've just I've been in a good mood all day, and I don't know if it's because of the game or just you know, just it's been a good day today. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's fair. I mean, initially, like in the game when we when we ended up winning the game, yeah, I, I was I was happy because you beat Aaron Rodgers, like you said, it's always a good feeling beating Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, I'll always take that win any time of the day. I hate losing to that team, whatever the circumstances are. I hate losing to the Green Bay Packers, but. When you really like just settle in and look at how the game really went, you really think about how the game when you go back and watch some things, it's like, man, that was just such a bad football game overall for both these teams. And the Green Bay Packers were just the worst football team. It was. And sometimes you have those games, even between good teams, right? You have those sloppy football games where you grind it out. But hey, a win's a win. I think Campbell said it during hard knocks. Whether you win by like twenty points or you win by one point, a win is a win. You you get that win. It's it's a good feeling. We hate yeah. losing. It, like I don't want to come on and say like, oh, the Lions fell to like the Packers, who's lost like five straight, and they finally bounced back. In. I don't want to say that. We won. Feels yeah, good. No. You're right. No, and that's why I, I put the caveat on it. Like I, I'm not mad, but I'm not like excited. If that makes sense. Like you know, I'm not through the roof excited about like an, a, a Lions victory like I would be if it was a meaningful game. But, like, I'm not mad about the win. I know some people are legitimately mad about the win because it's like, oh, you ruined your draft position and now you went from number one to number five after that loss. Like, I'm not one of those people, but I'm just not through the roof happy, if that makes sense. Remember how we talked about last year where tanking is not really an option for them because they're trying to build that culture and they're trying to win games and teach these young guys how to win? Even the coaching staff, the coaching staff needs to learn how to win games, right? The players, they're not going to tank the season, guys, unless, like – 
Like they get like a million injuries at once, they won't have a choice. But they're they're not gonna tank it. They're just not. They're gonna go into Chicago next week, try to win. They're gonna try to win all their uh, next games. They're not tanking it. I, mean, I hate to break it to you. If you're a team end, tank, it's yeah. not gonna happen unless you're the Colts. I don't know what the hell the Colts are doing, but you know. Well, that's any NFL team. I mean, there no NFL team wants to lose. I mean, those players are playing for stars. They're playing for their livelihood right now. So, like, if that's what you're expecting, no. But like, I understand what you mean. I understand what fans mean by tank. It's like what teams are called, like the Colts. They'll fire their coach and put a guy who was just in the broadcast booth the other day, and and now he's their head coach for the rest of the season. Bro, so like a week ago, it was he's, Jim Irsay said he was comfortable with them, right? And now they fire him, and then they hire Jeff Saturday, who's never coached, and they benched Matt Ryan. They're tanking. They are legitimately tanking, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad right now. Yeah. To hell with Indy, though. Yeah, Frank Wright, dude. Yeah, that's about an interesting, interesting ride for Indy, and they finally cut the cut the ropes with there. But, all right, let's get into our show. Let's talk about this game a little bit more. And I want to start off with the head coach, Dan Campbell, because, you know, there is some controversy going on right now with Dan Campbell and people saying that he hasn't learned his lesson yet and people not thrilled with his game time decisions. And I'm going to ask you the question, Pierre. Was there anything in that game Sunday versus the Green Bay Packers where you questioned something Dan Campbell did as far as a game time management? No. You, I know you're talking about four, fourth and three with like what less than two minutes left or something like that. Yeah, something. What was it like 150? I forgot the exact timestamp, but no, I am not um, upset because here's the thing: you get that it's game over, right? And if you don't get that, your defense has been balling all day. You trust your defense, and that's what I got out of that yesterday, and that's what happened. So they didn't get it. Defense went out there. They got the stop, right? So that's how I feel about it. You know, something I will say is, like, they got away. They won the game, so it's not going to be emphasized. It's not going to be highlighted as a Dan Campbell mismanagement, whatever you want to call it. Like, my opinion on it is, even though they won the game, and I'm going to be different here with Pierre because we, we see different. I mean, every time these decisions come, we don't see eye to eye. Like, it's just we just don't see eye to eye with these type of things. I thought it was a botch call. I, I hate the idea of going for it on fourth and three on, what is it, the 50-yard line, something around that distance. When you have the best punter in the league, defense is playing well, man, just punt the shit, man. Punt that football, pin them in their five-yard line, and let them drive the distance where if they beat you with that, then it is what it is. But I just hate giving the ball to Aaron Rodgers on the 50-yard line with time to go and needing a touchdown to win the football game. All right, hear me out. He got it. What's your reaction? If they get it, what's your reaction? If they get the first down? Mm-hmm. I'm holding my I'm holding my heart the whole time as the play's going on. Obviously, if they get it, it's great. I still it's don't like good, the decision. It's a great decision, right? If they get it, it's a good decision. I still wouldn't say it's a great decision. Like, you know how I stand with this. You know, like I'm not a type of guy that just says – Things will happen. I'm I'm not hindsight 2020. Yeah. I hated the decision from when it started to when the finish. If they got it, I would still question the call right now, even if you picked it up. I tweeted before. I was like, go for it, Dan, or something. I, I tweeted, punt it. I tweeted, punt the football. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think I saw your tweet. I think you saw so, my tweet, So, I mean, right? like, so, there's yeah, no I mean, hindsight. different. Yeah, we're, we, we just don't see eye to eye with this stuff. I, I don't I don't get it from you. You don't get what I'm saying. It is what it is. I get what you're saying, but to me, it's like, if you have a chance to end the game, you end it. You know how, like, kind of like, who was it last week that went for the two in college? Brian Kelly? He doesn't get yeah, that two. That too, He's yeah. getting blinked like crazy. He gets that two. He looks like a genius. But I think it was the right decision at the end of the day. Your best chance to win the game, and Alabama's a lot more talented than you are, so you do that. Kind of like how I saw this, right? I want to say Green Bay is a lot more talented, but I'd say, like, you're one and six. You have nothing to lose. It's not like you're four and two or whatever, it is, or not like not four and two. My bad. Six and one. Six, six and one. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, it's not like you're six and one. We're like, all right, let's just punt it. Like whatever. It's like, bro, you're one and six. I get it, man. Like you're trying to do anything you could to win this game. And the analytics do say go for it, by the way. You have a better chance of. So, and I think I'm... Dan Campbell is an analytics guy because it oh, looks yeah. like he is. Pretty obvious he's an analytical guy. I mean, it just shows it, like, with all his decisions. He and I always freaking love it. I mean, there was a couple decisions I haven't loved, but, like, 
I've I love the aggressive nature. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I I I, just, I don't like it. I I really don't like it at all. I hate the decision of it. Um, I I just it's a big difference. You know, it's a lot more difficult for defense when you put them in position to set up from the fifty yard line compared to pinning them in their own five yard line and let them drive the distance where a touchdown beats you. And I understand that you pick up the first down, they don't even get the opportunity to get the ball back. I understand that. But the risk to me is just not worth it and ended up working out because they won the game. But shit, man, once Green Bay got that ball on the 50 yard line, it just felt like here we go again. We've seen the same story and they're going to score a touchdown and we're not going to have enough time to score. And it's probably going to be a ball game. They changed the narrative a little bit because the defense got to stop. And, you know, I I give the kudos to the defense because they played an absolutely killer game all the way through. I mean, they came in with a good game plan. They executed the game plan all the way through. And, you know, they really rattled Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay Packers offense. Yeah. He threw what he threw. Three picks. Three picks. Yeah. All rookies. Shout out to Hutch and shout out to Kirby Joseph. We'll get into that later. But let's do it now. Let's talk about this defense. Let's do it. Hey, Prior Podcast listeners, it's your boy Malcolm here. And if you're a sports better like me, let me tell you about Odds Traders. Odds Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R dot com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, Kirby Joseph, I mean, that is, I call out the breakout game. Like, you know, you saw the flashes in Miami. You saw the flashes in Dallas. And you even saw a little bit of the flashes in New England. Like, Seattle, that was his first game. Rough. Then you saw, like, a little up going versus New England. Nothing significant, but you saw a little better game, just consistent. Didn't really have to call his name out. Then you get the Dallas game. He forces a fumble, gets a turnover. Miami, same thing, forces a turnover. And then today, or on Sunday versus Green Bay, he two-ups that. Gets two turnovers in that game. And I'm going to allude Peter here. I'm going to uh, reference Peter here. Once that pick comes, it's over. That's when Kirby turns it up, and that's when he comes an NFL player. And yeah. I just love this guy, man. This is something that this Lions defense needed so badly, especially in that secondary room, a playmaker. A playmaker is what they needed because that's something we just don't have right now. I mean, Jeff's a good player. 
but he's not going to be that type of guy where he's going to force a bunch of turnovers. Uh, Amani is just not that guy right now. He was no. last year, but he's not playing like it. And even with Tracy Walker's healthy, not a big playmaker. He's a little more conservative. He's just going to be a good football player, but he's not a true playmaker, true ball hawk where he's going to force, force turnovers. Kirby Joseph looks like one of those guys that could be a turnover machine. Yeah, he could force a turnover. That He could change the pace of the game on defense, and that's really exciting, man. That's the traits to being a really, really good safety in this league. Yeah, you look, bro. He has four turnovers the past three weeks. The forced fumble against uh, Dallas and Miami and the two picks yesterday. And he was dropping picks, right? Like, he yeah. he, he should have probably, like, five or six picks or something like that. But he dropped them. Um, but like I said, man, once once you catch that one, they're going to start stacking up. Yeah. I, I really believe that they got, like, a budding star in this kid. Um, I was shook. Even on draft day, I was telling you guys, like, how the hell is Kirby Joseph falling? Yeah. I know he's raw, Tyler. So he played wide receiver last year. He played his first year at safety, had like five or six picks. So I see why he fell, the rawness. But man, it, once it's clicking for him, and he's what's crazy is he's this is only year two playing safety in his life and his first year in the NFL. Imagine how good he could be when everything starts to click. And the transition's big too. Like he didn't go to some huge college. He was in the power five, he played at Illinois, but like, you know, that's not the most pass-heavy offenses in the Big Ten. Big Ten is really known for the running environment there. That's right. that's Big Ten football. So yeah. to for to make that adjustment from wide receiver, going to defense, playing at Illinois for one year, playing a new a brand new position, and then going to the NFL five weeks after you got drafted and making all these plays already, that's a significant jump for Kirby Joseph, and that's where the skies is stealing for this guy, man. He's he's a playmaker. Yeah, like, I don't even feel like he's even reached – like, he he has funny Instagram caption today. He's like, I've been farting, y'all ain't seen shit yeah, yet. That's, that's that was so hilarious. Bad. But, like, if you think about it, he's right, though, right? Like, it's only his, like, basically his second year playing safety in his, like, life or whatever, which is crazy to think about. Once he gets, like, the position, I feel like so once he actually learns the position and learns how to play, this kid could be elite. I really believe that. He he shows those true like center fielder vibes. Like I like to call him the center fielder in the safety room, yeah. where he's just a ball hawk. He's gonna he's gonna track the ball. It gives me a lot of glow for Quinn vibes, kind of like he got the big hit stick. He could track the ball. Um, it gives me a lot of GQ vibes. I think he could be a really good center fielder for this team going forward, man. And one of his weaknesses too was kind of tackling. And bro, he's he's been a good tackler so far mm-hmm. in the NFL. I mean, as Malcolm McCall, Kirby hit stick Joseph is now his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. No, man. He's he's a baller, man. It's really nice to see. And, man, shout out to Jerry Jacobs, too, bro. Jerry Jacobs missed, like, a lot of time. He had that one snap versus Dallas. Looked kind of iffy. They sat him out a little. But yesterday, I thought he looked really confident. He looked really good. Or his yeah. second game back after his injury, third game back, whatever third it is. Third game back, but first start. Well, not start, but, like, first game getting significant snaps. Yeah. Um. I feel like it's starting to click for him a little too. Like he's starting to get back into that football, like, uh, what do I want to say? Football shape, I guess you could say. Football shape. Yeah, not necessarily football shape, but like he's getting comfortable out there. Like it feels like versus Dallas, he was kind of lost on that one play and he held the guy or whatever. Yesterday, he was he was great, man. He looks like a professional shit talker too. I don't know. Like, every time I, I felt like they kept uh, looking at him, like he's just talking shit to somebody. Even, uh, Aaron Rodgers going into the halftime. Tomorrow. I don't know what he said to him, but they were talking, going back and forth. I couldn't tell if it was something like they were joking. He said he wanted his jersey. Oh, is that what he and said? I, yeah, uh, I forgot. How he, I listened to the thing, but I read it. I didn't listen to it. I forgot exactly how Aaron Rodgers responded to it. But then he said after the game, he forgot to ask him for his jersey. So I saw something, dude. Yeah, it looked like Jerry was talking to A-Rod, and they were like laughing. But I couldn't tell like he was yeah. talking shit. Or like, I guess there you go. There's an answer. He asked for his jersey. He asked for his jersey. Uh but then Jerry Jacobs, he forgot to ask for after the game. Um, but no, man. Also, I feel like Okuda, he didn't have his best game, right? But he made a play when he needed that two-point conversion. He stopped it. That that was a huge play. Um, thing is with Okuda, I believe like he only has like 17 or 18 games under his belt. Like this guy is still young. and he's, I know he's his third year, but to me, it's like technically like his like second year or rookie year. He's still learning the position because he just hasn't played a lot. Um, he's going to have games like this. He's still a young corner, but once it clicks for him too, I feel like he could be really, really good. I still think he's a CB1 in this league. Like, I still view him as a CB1 for the Lions. 
Yeah, I mean, he didn't have the greatest game coverage. Well, it was probably his worst game we've seen this year out of him. You know, he's been pretty rock solid. People haven't been really talking to his side, you know, right. for most of the season. And, you know, A-Rod, he picked on him a little bit. You know, he was testing him a little bit. And that was Jeff's, like, real first test. And, you know, wasn't the greatest response that you would want to see. But, you, you know, he's that type of guy that he shows traits that, you know, he's going to be around the ball. Um, he shows the ability that he could be a good corner. And uh, one play by Jeff, too, that I respected a lot was once he gave up the big play uh, to that one receiver, you know, he gets up right away. He forces, forces a turnover. Or he didn't, didn't actually convert the turnover, but forces a fumble, has an opportunity, you know, to end the game right there. Um, but, you know, just never giving up on a play. That's something you want to see out of your DBs, and that, that was good to see even though he gave up the big play. Obviously, you don't want to give up the big play, but he saw the traits that, you know, he's not going to give up on a play and that he could still make a play even after he gives up a big play, which is which is encouraging out of your corner. Yeah. Um, another young guy I want to get, talk about is I think Derek Barnes had his best game as a Lion versus the Packers. And I think Dan Campbell said it too. I tweeted out yesterday, I believe I said I Derek Dang or uh Derek Barnes is having his best game as as a line, right? When bro, he was all over the ball. When Rodrigo got hurt, they called his name and he was he was doing everything. He was doing damage in the running game. It was nice to see, man. Do you think there's a possibility just because of where the season is right now, you're not really playing for wins and losses at this point, you're not really playing for like anything meaningful, I should say. Do you think it's possible we could see a Rodrigo and Derek Barnes starting linebacker room, maybe? I don't think so, just because they, they like trust Anzalone, and it seems like they love him. Like, remember when Shep was talking about his linebackers? Like, Anzalone is, like, fine or whatever. Like, his tape is good. And he was, like, teaching the other guy stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think so, but I wouldn't be shocked if they did. I still think they want to win games, and I feel like they think Anzalone gives them the best shot to win games right now. But if Barrick Barnes and Rod, let's say Rodrigo, he has a minor, I think, elbow injury. We'll see how that is if he plays this week or not. But if they both continue to, like, ball out and then Anzalone struggles a little, then maybe, you know, you switch that. Because they did that with Brockers, right? Yeah, but like Anzalone's not a significant, like, No, no, he's not. He's not a significant, but I'm saying, like, if guys are playing better than him, they're not scared to play their younger guys. And we like, Amani Awarie is on the bench right now, and they're starting. Jerry Jacobs, a second-year undrafted free agent, right? So I don't think they're scared of playing their young guys. No, they're absolutely not scared of playing their young guys. I'm just saying maybe do they make that move looking more towards the future because that could potentially, you know, figure out that linebacker position next year, at least your starters potentially with Rodrigo and uh, and Derek Barnes if he can continue to pick up where he left off on this game because that's something you want to see out of Barnes. You know, we just haven't seen it enough. We've seen the flashes out of him, but it just hasn't been consistent. It's been more bad than good. And I felt like this was the first game in his whole NFL career where he kind of put it all together and just put a good game overall on tape for him. So, like, I wonder, does he deserve a more opportunity to get more snaps in these games? And if they may just make a move where he could start and see where that goes. Yeah, um, we'll see. I still think, like, coverage-wise, the linebackers aren't aren't getting coverage. None of them are. So I feel like you still need to add, like, a guy who could cover. Yeah. Not like a random specialty like Chris Board. Like, actually add a guy who could actually cover. Roquan um, Smith? I'm not paying him $18 million, $20 million, whatever it is. No, man. But Roquan Smith is one of the best linebackers in the league. But, I think no, I am not paying him that much money. <laughs> Great machine. player, but linebacker, no. Um. No, but, you know, it's it's really nice to see the growth of these young guys. And we talk about, like, what does this defense have? We were talking about the other day how guys were struggling and everything. Now it's starting to click for, like, Josh Pascal yesterday led the team in pressures. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson affected the quarterback. Hutch had a pick, right? Kirby had a couple picks. Um, what other rookie? James Mitchell, dude. James Mitchell had a touchdown. Want to get into the offense now? Just one thing I want to say about the defense oh, really ahead. quickly before we uh, transition to the offense. It's like... This was good. This was a good game for the Lions defense. It's like now I want to see him string some de- like some of these together because, I mean, we saw this a couple weeks ago. They had a good game plan versus Dallas, and then following week, absolutely shit the bed versus Miami. Then this week, good week versus Green Bay. Now how do you follow up? You got 
a game in Chicago in Soldier Field. Then you play the Giants the week following. So I want to see this defense just get better and better and just continue to where they are doing right now and just not go backwards, man. Just continue with what they're going and show me some progression. Like yesterday was fun. Sunday was fun with how the defense was playing. That's one positive I could take away from that game was how well the defense played. I just want to see that more consistently. I got a positive. Let's take out Rodgers basically his like – so Rodgers had four carries, 40 yards. But A.J. Dillon had 11 carries, 34 yards. Aaron Jones had nine carries, 25 yards. And then Killen Hill is at one carry for seven yards. I thought the run defense impressed yesterday. Yeah. I mean, the one issue as Rodgers was a leading rusher, and he actually broke some. And the big reason why that's happening is that they play so much man coverage. And, you know, the reason why they do that is because, at least in this game, is because there's no true great receiver in Green Bay, <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, you had Alan Lazard. Romeo Dobbs gets hurt in that game as well. Christian Watson was one of the receivers out there. And then I can't even tell you the other guys. Who, who was the other guy? It was Watson, Lazard. I can't even tell you. I think Tonyan got hurt too. They're tight end. And they had to go with that DeGuara guy. Um, I've, honestly, I forgot who they had. Who was their but let's receiver? just say the receivers aren't, aren't that yeah, good, okay? The receivers good. aren't good. Uh, Cobb is on IR. And then um, Dobbs got hurt in that game. Dobbs got hurt. I believe Christian Watson, I think, also got hurt in that game. Or but he came, came back. Uh, they had that back. one. It was that one guy that made the catch. Is the, the third receiver, I think, it was the guy that made the crazy catch on Jeff. Uh, I don't know his that, name. That though. was Lazard. Is that Lazard? No, that, that, that wasn't Lazard. That was some random guy. I don't know Tyler. And honestly, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, it's bad. Okay. It's very bad. And you can see the frustration because, like, on that last play Rodgers threw it outside and the receiver went straight so these receivers and quarterback are just not on the same page whatsoever oh, we're missing Sammy Watkins that's the other guy we're missing oh yeah I mean yeah, that's another one just it's bad it's very Sammy bad Sammy is not the player unfortunately Sammy is not the player he was he's injuries have just destroyed his career man sucks for him he's really talented but injuries have you know um no but yeah it's just you want to see them strengthen some some of these defensive performances together. But, I mean, one positive I could take away outside of the defense looking good, the Packers look broken. I mean, if that's one like thing you want to take away as far as looking at this division right now and the future, this team looks broken right now, and I don't know how they fix it in one year or two. Yeah, Tyler, you know what's weird? Like, right before the game, you know how, like, stuff leaks before the game about trades and stuff? It's like they offered all these trades for these guys, but they didn't get them. Yeah. Offer more. Like, I mean, dude, this, this is Aaron Rodgers probably – I think it's his last year now. I really do. I just, mean, with how this season's out. going, yeah. With how this you look checked out. You know, like. I mean, but, like, if you're the Packers, what more could you offer Carolina? They offered a first for DJ Moore. For example, Chase Claypool. Chicago offered a second. Maybe offer a second and a sixth or something. You know, like, just beat it offer by a little bit. They'll probably take that offer. You, Maybe. You could do something. Or, you know, DJ Moore. I don't think Carolina is interested in it because the Rams offered two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Brian Burns, and Carolina said no. So I don't think – I mean, the Panthers – I mean, that one makes it. a little more sense, but I feel like DJ Moore, for where their phase of the team is, I was a little surprised they rejected that offer. And Green, Bay's first, and Green Bay's first could be pretty intriguing this year too. Yeah. I see why they did it though because they, they want that you – know, whoever they bring in, that young quarterback to have weapons because it's like, okay – Say say you trade him, but then you're all over again. You have this young quarterback. You don't have weapons for him, right? It's kind yeah. of like a cycle. So I mean, if I, I'm dumb, young. I I would even take a quarterback this year. I think Carolina's just gonna kind of just take it. You know, they're gonna rip it from the gutters. So I, I don't even know if they're gonna take a quarterback this year. We'll see. Yeah, it's too early to talk about the draft. Um, but I do like our shout out to Brad Holmes. We talked about him the other day. His free agency haven't worked out, but his draft picks, man. They're starting to work out a little. Obviously, you're not going to hit on all of them. We haven't seen Iffy and Levi pretty much at, like, at all. Yeah. But the other guys, man, like Derek Barnes showed up. Pascal showed up. Hutch made one of the biggest play of the game yesterday. Kirby made Kirby was the best player on the field yesterday for both teams, right? So it's really nice to see that his draft picks are working. I think most of them have been hits. And, you know, I haven't questioned Brad. I mean, you guys know my opinion on Campbell. I'm not the highest. I don't – you guys know I don't love Dan Campbell. Uh, But Uh, Brad Holmes, I I have his trust in him. I think he's doing a good job. I see his, you know, philosophy, what he's trying to build here. 
you know, my, my biggest concern is just the coach right now. I, I That's my biggest concern with this team. I talked about on the top of the show with uh, decision-making. And, you know, that's just a reoccurring thing for me. That's why I'm just not confident right now with, with Coach Campbell. But with Brad, I, I see his vision. I see his vision. I says both of them. I mean, obviously, both have made their mistakes, you know, because they're both, like, new to the job or whatever. Like, Brad Holmes, for, like, free agents haven't worked out. And Dan Campbell, you know, sometimes I feel like he's still learning how to manage a game maybe sometimes, like that Minnesota game. He went out today, and he basically said he lost two games for the Lions this year. Like, they were on him. He said, we're supposed to win two more games, and we lost them because of me. He basically said that. Was it yesterday or today? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I love that honesty because other coaches be like, you know, we didn't execute, we didn't do this, we didn't do that, whatever. See, see, that's great. So, and you could talk about that, and that's great and all. But, like, at some point, you can't keep blaming, you know, the losses on you. Like, okay, I like that you're being accountable. I like that you're taking credit for the loss when you messed up. Like, it's clearly your fault. It's just stop doing that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want to see on the field. Prove me wrong. And, like, Sunday's game just did not prove me wrong. Like, it just proved the same narrative for me and why I'm not confident in the guy. Why? They won. They won, but, like, I hate the way how they won. I just don't think that was the right way to win. I don't know. I mean, I kind of saw the game. I didn't, like, see a low score, but, I like, I saw it being, like, a sluggish type of sloppy game, personally. That's how I saw it. Yeah, I think I told you guys the other day on, like, the or text. We texted over it or something. forgot, but... Yeah, we said on the pod last week on the pregame. Oh, we, we said, said on the pod, yeah. You said the under, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of saw it, like, being – I didn't think it was going to be 15. I thought more like 20 to 17 type of game, but it's – bro, I didn't expect, like, okay, I didn't to look good. I just honestly. felt like the Green Bay Packers did everything possible to lose this game. They tried to gift wrap you to win this game, and ultimately you did win the game, but they made it so much closer than it had to be, in my opinion. I just didn't yeah. think it had to be that close. You know who made it closer? You want to talk about who made it closer? The Lions offense. Yeah, the Lions offense. Um, it seems like when they're missing, like, when they have two starting receivers out there, they're good and healthy. But when they're missing one of them, like, when they only have one caliber starting guy, yeah. and the rest are out, and Swift is out, they're a mess. Goff just can't function, dude. No, he can't. And yesterday, I wouldn't even necessarily blame it on the personnel. He was just trying to give um what do you call it who the packers free interceptions but they were dropping them yep. <laughs> they were dropping them so it, it was nice to see them drop them but man it's it's hard because like you see the defense playing so well right and like golf what are you doing i had one series where i'm like you know what just just to hell with throwing the ball just run it the rest of the game that that's how I, like i didn't have no more confidence in golf after he had like three straight throws where like what the fuck are you doing type shit. Dude, there was so many know, times that game. There, there's so many times you're watching that game, it's like, gosh, Jared, brother, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? <laughs> so many times in that game, I'm like doing that. I'm like, I'm just I'm shocked. I'm like, Jared, come on, man. Like what like it's it's simple stuff he's not completing at, at some point. It was bad. Again, like the broadcast covering this up, but Hodgson was leading a receiver. I feel like he was a security blanket, and he wasn't there. I get that. I but get that's that. that's honestly that's that's a lame excuse. Hawk wasn't Hawk wasn't like a game changer for Detroit. He really wasn't. If we're being honest. He was a solid player, but he wasn't a guy where like, oh, we got to double this guy. He could destroy us. No, he only had that one game versus Seattle. That's it. Like, See, and, and and this is where like. I don't understand how people still stick with golf like that. Like, I think he's a fine quarterback when everything's around him. Like, he could win games like that, and he'll be productive. You guys saw in the first four weeks. He looked really good, was managing the game really well. But in reality, you're never going to be full strength in the NFL. Facts. So you have to be able to adjust to what you have out there. And that's one thing golf just does not do. Once adversity comes to him and – he has to take a little more load on his back. He's not able to do that. And that's just not the trace of a franchise quarterback. He's a perfect bridge quarterback for any team that has really good talent and you need him for a couple of years. Like, that's fine. You could put golf in that situation. And, I mean, this is not any new news. I think everybody knows about golf. That, that's just – he is what he is, man. And, you know, I just don't want that as my franchise quarterback. I just don't. 
Um, and I, I would be absolutely stunned if Jared got paid by the Lions this offseason. I would be stunned. I think his time is over as a lineup. Like, unless he takes a massive pay cut to stick with the team, I think his days are over. I think he what, you have, like, what, eight games left, seven, eight games after that? I think it's a wrap. Or I think um, nine games, I believe. Whatever. Yeah, it's not a 16. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So nine games. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I'm okay with him. Like, if he didn't have a big price tag, I'm okay with Goff because you can win with him and – you know, he solved so many – like, if he could be the answer, he solved so many issues. We talked about this all offseason, man. Like, if he could be the guy, man, you got two first-round picks and the Rams stink right now. You could have two picks in the top 15 potentially without having to address the quarterback position. Like, that is so big. But I just don't think we could do another year of this and just give him another contract. Like, I think you have to address the quarterback position. No, and I think today's league, too, and we saw it yesterday – He's also, you need a guy who could move in the pocket a little. Not necessarily like have to have like crazy speed, but like Aaron, you know how Aaron Rodgers can yeah, like move in the be, pocket? Being able to escape the pocket once pressure comes to you. He just yeah, does dude, not do that. He's a statue. He's a statue. Um, yeah. I personally have for a mobile quarterback, but if you could like find a quarterback who escapes pressure and can move in the pocket, I'd be fine with that. I just don't like sitting statues because once pressure goes, you're done. Like you're done, dude. Bryce Young? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it looks like we might be playing our way out of it, but we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Bryce, Bryce Young is like the perfect mold of what you're looking at. He's a quarterback at first, but if he needs to escape the pocket and run, he's got the wheels to do it. And that's what I love about him, man. I, that's what I love so much about Bryce Young. And um, I think you'd be coming to a very good situation if he was drafted by the Lions. I agree. And, you know, the connection with JMO and all that. And it also just factors. Be and It'd and be fun, man. Yeah. It'd be fun. It could be like, you know how... Since he took Burrow and then Chase could be like, we take JMO and then Young. You know, it's just it's yeah, a cool even, story. Even Miami, they did the Alabama connection too with Waddle and Tua. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, but is that where you sit with Goff? He can't, he can't be the quarterback next year, right? Yeah, I'm not. Unless he takes a massive pay cut, like I unless, said. Like, like, yeah. I feel like you could bring in another quarterback for like a lot cheaper and he could do the same thing for you i agree i agree absolutely i mean just look around the league dude i mean if you put quarterbacks in a good situation they could win games look at cooper rush i mean when dak was out was in a very good situation um and they just told him to play be a game time manager and he did it and he was good enough to win games you could get a quarterback for a way lesser price than what jared goff is going to get and i i agree man it's either Go all in, take a rookie quarterback. If there's a veteran on the mark that you like a lot, they think significantly better, go do that. Or just let go of golf and get some another bridge quarterback for a way cheaper price. I think there could be a quarterback to be available. He hasn't had the best year this year, but he's really talented as Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr could potentially be available, maybe. I don't know if Lamar... Yeah. Like Derek Carr obviously has... He struggled a little this year. That, but that, the, that Raiders team is rough, dude. <laughs> I mean, I... Honestly, I just don't have any faith in any Patriots coaching, former Patriots coaches. And I don't. I think Josh McDaniels is destroying that team personally. I think he is doing what Patricia did to this Lions team. I think they're exactly what the 2018 Lions were. That's why I look at this Raiders team as. They are. They, no, they're more talented than us for sure. They have a lot more. T- they have a little more. But we're talented too. But yeah, they're more talented. Yeah, I mean, they got, they got some dogs on defense. They got an off. I mean. Best receiver in the league. Waller, Adams, Renfro. No, these guys aren't no slouches. These Josh guys Jacobs are. I, I don't know what the Jerry. I mean, Derek Carr is, is a good quarterback, in my opinion. Maybe he's not elite, but he's good. Um, I don't know what's going on in Vegas. I, I think it's, you know, I, but Derek Carr, bro, like that could be a name you look out for potentially. Like, you know, we'll see. Um, you think McDaniels would give up on him? Tyler, I, I don't – it's, you know, the Patriot way, bro. If if you're not buying in or whatever, I don't know if Carr – I mean, I, I personally don't watch, but you know how they are. Like, if you're not fully in or if you're not with us, we're going to trade you. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. And I feel like – I haven't watched the games, but I know Derek Carr has struggled. And a lot of, like, Raiders fans are blaming the coaching staff. And Raiders are kind of split on him, right? Some are saying it's on McDaniel. Some are saying it's on Carr. But I personally haven't watched him, but yeah. – I think I Derek think Carr is a lot like in Matthew Stafford's situation with the Patricia era. It's like 
he's never going to come out vocally and say this is like wrong, but he's going to feel it deep down inside. I feel like it's very, very similar. I feel like the Raiders are just ruining Derek Carr, like how the Lions ruined Stafford at the end of his career. Or so they're telling me trade for, trade for Derek Carr. You don't have to give up like two first-round picks and a third, but you, Derek Carr contract when you're at Super Bowl ring? Are they similar like that? I think he's a – I'm not saying here he would win. I'm joking. I think he's a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback in the league. I do too. I think he could win a Super Bowl with him. I also don't think like necessarily everything has to be first round six. No, yeah, exactly. I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, he's not elite, but he's really good, in my opinion. Yeah, like he's not like your Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, where he could elevate any any offense you put him around. Like he's not that. But if you put Derek Carr in a good situation, and even if you have to put a little more load on his back, and he has to go through adversity, I have faith in Derek Carr that he can get me through that. Jared Goff, I have no faith that he can get me through adversity. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, Derek, you look at Derek Carr, his entire career has been through adversity. Like last year, yep. they fired this guy, or Ruggs goes to jail. Arnett. Uh, Damon Arnett. Like he, this, he's, he's a definition of adversity. You look at adversity in dictionary, you see Derek Carr next to it, right? I, yeah. I, I think um, him and Matthew are very, very similar. Like very similar. Like as far as the career they had, just being stuck in a, a poverty organization and just not being able, to surround him perfectly or correctly with the right staff and right players. It's just always something with him. And I think Carr was like his fourth coach too. This is literally Stafford. This is literally Matthew Stafford. You know, what's crazy when he came out, I compared him a little to Stafford, like yeah. just the arm and everything. And I don't know, but we'll... bro, it's, I don't know. I, I think that they're very similar in a, in a certain way. Maybe Stafford's, I think Stafford's a little more talented, but not like much more talented than Derek Carr. I'd personally take a chance on Derek Carr. If you, like, let's say you're out of the quarterback range, and you know you don't want to just take a quarterback, take a quarterback, and Derek Carr is available. What do you think his price range is? Um, like, is he worth a one? I don't think so because the way he's played the past couple years. But I feel like that has to do, like you said, a lot with coaching and stuff too. Um, and Matthew went for two, two forms. Matthew though is like, but like Matthew talented. Like- Matthew had the same narrative around him. Like, you know, he can't win. He's been through so many coaches. Like, a lot of people viewed Matthew very similarly, I feel like, yeah, before he if, proved it last year. Yeah, but I think, like, if you ask the league, bro, I think a lot of teams would take a chance on Carr just because of his arm, of his leadership qualities. Uh, he's, like, a guy who kind of lifts the team, too. Like, last year, they relied on him when yeah. all that shit happened with Gruden that's and all that. That's my plan. He's... He's a guy you want in your room. He's a guy you want as your leader. He's a fiery quarterback too. Like he, he's a he's not like a quiet necessarily guy. He's he's a fiery guy. Like you see it. So yeah, I th- I think he could draw a one. I wouldn't be shocked if he draws a one. I mean, maybe like that I mean, second round pick. You know, you're seeing the line second round pick. I mean, the line second round pick, depending on how this team goes. It could be very good too. So it's a high second round pick, and maybe and Miami has... doesn't have and Miami doesn't have a pick this year. So you have to also factor that in. They they yeah, they forfeit their first round pick. So that's another pick that's not being player. So like you said, like if you're the worst team in the league, thirty your uh, second round picks pick thirty two. So almost two first round picks. Yeah, you look at that way. True, and then you know if Lamar, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen with Lamar. We'll see, but. I don't know if Baltimore's giving that for And Lamar's available, man. You do everything in power to go get him. Yeah, Lamar's special. That's a guy that, like, will elevate any... He's a truck. He's not a truck. Because, bro, honestly, the guys around him are trash. They're not trash, but, like, Rashad Damien can't stay healthy. His other receivers are, like, number two, number three receivers. And he has Mark Andrews. That's it. Andrews is out tonight, too. And they're they're playing right now as we're recording versus the Saints. I believe they're winning. Yeah, I was watching. Yeah, they're up 14 to 3. And, um... I think it's like number one weapon right now is like Isaiah Likely and James Prochet and uh, like Demarcus Robinson. I think that's like his weapons today. I mean, it has been his weapons pretty much his entire career. If you look at it, like Hollywood Brown was, you know, he was whatever. I think Hollywood's a good player. Just wasn't a good fit for that offense. That's fair. I personally wasn't a fan of him, but I mean, it's fair. Just you just look at the guys. If you surround Lamar with the talent that Josh Allen has or the talent that Patrick Mahomes has around him. Like good receivers, you know, good, really like good uh, offensive play callers and all that. Man, I feel like he could take that 
He could be with those guys. I feel like he's just, not, just a little below them right now. Like Josh Allen and Mahomes are by themselves. He's under him and Jalen Hurts are right underneath him. But I feel like if Lamar had like those guys around him and that coaching staff, I, he'd be different, bro. He'd be a lot better. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I like that we had this conversation. I think it's pretty much just consensus at this point. Lions fans are pretty much done with golf at this point. I think everyone's expecting a new quarterback. In 2023, we just don't know how it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it's exciting like that. Like, man, I feel like a Derek Carr would be fun. Or Lamar Jackson obviously would be a lot of fun. I mean, you get Lamar Jackson, your instantly expectations go from, you know, being competitive and being an all-right team to, I mean, if you get Lamar Jackson, you are a legitimate playoff team at that point. You get Lamar Jackson, you also could attract a lot of people here too because guys around the league love Lamar. And um, he's Trump? he's a great bro. He's he has that Detroit like mentality too, like hard nosed, hard worker. You know, he has he's a great leader. He's he's everything. He's everything you want in a quarterback. He really is. He's a special player. You get Lamar here. I mean, call me crazy. Lions are going to be in Super Bowl talks. I'm not saying they'll be in the Super Bowl year one, but they're going to be in talks, and people are going to be talking about them around the uh, around the NFL world. Yeah, I'm with you there. He's he's Lamar is different. And you add Lamar to like you know he's never had receivers like Jamo. He never had receivers like Amon Ross St. Brown. He has, I mean, the O line in Baltimore have been solid. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it could be really just thinking about it, man. Like Derek Carr throwing bombs to Jamo or Lamar Jackson and Jamo in the same. It's just or the read option with Lamar and a healthy Swift. Oh my gosh, how the hell do you defend that? Who's getting the ball? They're both fast as shit. <laughs> is it is it crazy, man? I'm over the season, dude. I'm ready for the offseason. I'm so ready for the offseason. I'm not. I'm not over the season because I so still like. I'm excited about our young guys. Honestly, they've balled out the past few weeks, and they're getting better. Everyone's getting better. While they're not necessarily winning games, you see improvement in guys, which is nice to see. So I'm ready, dude. I'm ready for this draft. I'm not talk. ready. I'm, I'm not ready. Fair, I'm ready for free agency. I want to see what they do with this quarterback room because this is going to be such an interesting offseason because. I think we're getting a new quarterback this year, and I want to see how they're going to address it. And I think it's going to be something exciting. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't. I'm ready, dude. I don't think Goff is the guy, but I think it's too early to think about draft for you because we don't know what's out there. Like, you never know. What if like a guy just says, "I want out where I am." That we've seen that happen before. Like quietly, they're like, "We want out," and then you know it gets leaked yeah. to the media, and then he gets traded, right? Like, well. I don't know who could be available next year. We'll see, yeah, though. But I'm no, telling we don't you, know if, a star, if a star quarterback becomes available, I guarantee you Brad Holmes will do everything in his power to go get that player. I agree. I think he will, too. Um, I, I just I did the ranks on the waffle golf. I'd be stunned if he's here next year at all as a starting quarterback. I'm and, dude, they have cap space. We talked about this on our show. Like, they could have potentially up to $60 million in cap space if they make some moves. And I think they'll make most of those moves. Close, Let's say 50 just to be safe. Yeah. Close to 70 mil if they do everything. 70. Yeah. yeah. So they have cap space. They have they have a lot of ammo. They got two first-round picks, two second-round picks. Um, looks like an early third-round pick. So they have lots of ammo, too, to make moves. Yeah. And then also you got another third-round pick to play around with, too, uh, in 2024. You could use that as, as a trade yeah. piece if you potentially want to use that. So it could come to that phase maybe soon where the Lions will say, fuck them picks. They're not there yet, but hopefully soon they'll be there. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're there yet, but... All right. Let's uh, do oopsie-doopsie ball of the week and let's get out of here. Let's do it. All right. Pierre, who do you got? Ball of the week. My boy Kirby Joseph, man. And there's an honorable mention to AG. Uh, Just... I want to talk about AG real fast. First, I want to the players still like love AG. They're not checked out of him. They're not like, not like this guy sucks. Cause you saw, I don't know if you saw after the game, the locker room celebration. Yeah. When he gave the ball to AG, man, they, they were fired up. Everyone was fired up. Everyone was clapping. They were dancing. And then they, they, they played a song and then the video ended there. It, it was really nice to see that the players like are still bought in even with Campbell and everyone too. It was nice to see, but then I got to give it to my boy Kirby. Ready? He had uh, 10 tackles, 3 PBUs, and 2 picks. 
certified baller. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. He's he it was fun. Bro, he's 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 becoming my favorite player on this team. He honestly is. I mean I I loved him in the pre draft process. I was shocked he fell. I don't know how he fell. What we do, he's raw, but whatever. He's fun, man. He's Tyler. I feel like he can become like Who's that? Uh, like an Earl Thomas type of player for Detroit. Dude, be Glover Quinn. I'll take Glover Quinn. I feel like, honestly, he could be better than GQ because GQ was like a fourth-round pick, started as a corner. This guy yeah. is a safety, and he's already doing this in his first year playing safety, basically. Second year. Yeah. Imagine what he'll be like in two years or three years down the road. Like, we talk about Sua. This kid is 22. Yeah. Imagine how it'll be like in four or five years. You... Yeah. you the potential is through the roof, bro. He could honestly be the best safety in football in the few years with Kirby Joseph. And that's, I don't even think I'm exaggerating that. He's got the traits. It's just, could he put it all together and won't yeah, be able right. to do it? But he's got the traits to do it. I For think, sure. I think people said the same thing about Darius Slade back in the day. You know, like he had all the traits to be a good corner. Didn't necessarily see it year one, but he saw him get it better week in, week out. Then 2014, you really take that next step. And then obviously now you see Darius Slade. And then at one point, um, especially like that 2017, 20, 2017 was a big year, but like, you know, around that year, 2016 to 2018, you saw a very, you know, Darius Slay being the best corner of the league at that point. I think right now, like today, he's the best, like the way he's playing, he's the best corner of the league right now. This he year. He's the best corner this year, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, was playing out of his mind, not the best corner, but Sauce Carter, that rookie, that's another guy with a bunch of high ceiling right there. That, that's a guy where like, I think he will be the best corner in a few years. Just to, he's got the traits. Is, he's dude. He's <laughs> different, man. If he stays healthy, continues to develop. I mean, they already leave this kid on an island. That's how good he is. Yeah, he's got the traits, man, to be a really, really good player. He's already a really good player, but like, he's got the traits to be a really good player in this league. Yeah, I mean, as he should. He was what the fourth pick, fifth pick, or whatever it fourth, was. Fourth pick, fourth. I believe. Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. Stingley went before him at three. And he's also he he's. He's, he's a been good. Too. Yeah, he's a little, little worse situation than than Sauces, so he's not being highlighted as much. But you know, he's playing well. He's playing good football. He doesn't also have the pastures that Sauce has. That's my point. I'm getting at. Yeah, he's not in a great situation. So I, I think Stingley and Sauce are both really like. We'll be yeah. talking about them if they stay healthy, as like top ten corners, top five corners of the league in a few years. Those guys are they're special, man. That's what, yeah. All right. Oopsie doopsie of the week. Boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. I don't think this one's a surprise by any means. I'll have an honorable one for you, too. You're not going to like this, Peter. But oopsie doopsie <laughs> of the week. Jared Goff. Playing, you want to hear it? 14 for 26. 137 yards. Averaging 5.3 yards per pass. Two touchdowns. One interception. And a quarterback rating of 78.5. I'm surprised it's not even that high, honestly. I thought he played a lot worse than that, that rating. And, um, I mean, there was just so many times that game we talked about it when we were talking about this offense. We're like, Jared, what are you doing, brother? Jared tried to do everything possible to lose this game. I even made a tweet. Jared Goff is doing everything possible for Bryce Young to be this quarterback next year. That's how I thought during the game. You know that video of Kate Cunningham, that little kid, he goes, I can't wait to see you on draft night, daddy. That's what I was thinking of Bryce Young during that game watching the Lions. I was thinking that with Bryce Young. I can't wait to see you on draft night, Bryce Young. Because I can't do this anymore with number 16. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this, man. I don't think he's the guy, you know. And Malcolm said, keep that same energy. Well, I'm keeping that same energy, bro. I'm keeping that energy. I'm the here. Receipts. <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, he's not here right now to defend himself. But I think Malcolm said it too yesterday. Like, he has no excuse for him. He's just, he hasn't, he hasn't elevated. Like, we saw him when everything's around him. Like, Chark is there, Swift is there, Saint is there, Reynolds there. I mean, everything is going well. He's he's playing out of his mind, right? But when he starts to lose a couple of those things, you know, like, what happened? I, ben Johnson, too, I feel like, has to do a little bit better job, too. You know, he's he's a first-time play caller. Um, but he he needs to he needs to be better. Like, we earlier in the year, we talked about he get a head coaching job. I don't think he's going to get one now anymore just because of the way, like, the offense came back to life pretty much. They're still a solid offense, but they're not like the best offense in the league. 
And you guys called me crazy when I said that a couple weeks ago. Well, if if 32 stayed healthy. Not, you guys, I told you, I, the, the injuries happen in the league. You guys expect I know, everything to be I know, just like all flowers. Everything's going to be like this every week. I'm like, I mean, this is going to come no, back no, no, down no. to earth eventually. It's, it's, it came back down, and, you know, they've, they've had injuries, unfortunately, at key positions. But, like, bro, everyone's injured. You look at teams around the league, a lot of teams are missing their star players, or they're missing a lot of their good players. And you have to find ways to, to, to win or, you know, to get going somehow. So, yeah, that's that's Goff's biggest kryptonite, dude. He can't do that. He That's his problem. And, like, and that's why, like, I just don't give – I give him credit because he was the number one offense in the league for those first four, first four weeks, and he was playing out of his mind. So I'm not discrediting it how he played. But, like, let's be honest. You put a lot of quarterback situation – I'm not saying it's going to be the same result. I'm not saying it will be as good. But it's going to be a good offense. I mean, you have too many playmakers for it to not be a good offense. So not discrediting yeah. golf because it was so good. But I'm telling you, I think you put a lot of different quarterbacks in the situation. I think they'll do just fine. And I think the offense would be pretty damn good, too, still. so uh, I do want to bring up one more thing. Um, so they traded Hawks in a way, right? Yeah. Ains Mitchell, changes to other numbers were called. They both had touchdowns. So that trade looks, I mean, they said they sort of felt like they could get better without Hawkinson. I don't know what they meant by that, but you kind of saw it yesterday, like other guys stepping up. And James Mitchell, I I love, he has soft hands, dude. Like yeah. his, like he catches the ball. Like it doesn't look like he's going to drop it. He just, he snags it right away. He has massive hands. Yeah. So it's nice to see that. And you see his athleticism a little too. I feel like once he gets his feet wet more and starts, you know, he's going to get comfortable. He could be a good tight end, too, for Detroit. I don't think we have necessarily a tight end one on this roster yet, but you don't necessarily need it because they don't really rely on one. There's a lot of teams that don't have tight end ones. A lot of teams that don't have tight end ones. Yeah, Since I mean, he doesn't really have a tight end one, it's like Hayden Hurst right now and, like, you know, guys like that. Um, solid, the Jets you know. is like Tyler Coughlin right now. Like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of teams like that, and they're doing just fine. Yeah, like the Lions offense, like, Ben Johnson doesn't necessarily rely a lot on tight ends. Like, they ask him to block and stuff, but they don't necessarily ask him a lot in the passing game to do a lot in the passing game. So, it was nice to see, though, Zilstra, James Mitchell scored touchdowns. Um, it was real good to see. It was encouraging. And then the honorable oops doopsie before we head out, Dan Campbell. Just, I hate the decision calling again. Decision making was bad. They won the game, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But, uh, just... I guess we'll agree to disagree on that, but hey, he's well, got his yeah, own opinion, I, I, and we respect each other's don't. opinion, so it is what it is. I know you don't but it is what it is. All right, guys. Hope you guys all enjoyed this post-game show with a little twist to it. You know, we added some quarterback talk, maybe some future talk. I think that's relevant. I think people want to hear that stuff going forward. I, I, like, the, the game was great. We won the game. Cool. But no one is – I guess I can't say no one. I saw something on Twitter today. People still think in playoffs. I won't call out the, the certain guy I saw it from, but I saw it. Uh, I think everyone knows who you're talking about. You don't need to say it. <laughs> but, the guy who said that Richard Perryman and uh, Tyrell yeah, Williams were like, yeah, we're going to be better than <laughs> Golden Tate and Kenny Galladay, whatever, or Marvin. Oh, yeah, when he said something ridiculous like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know you're talking about it. So we won't say names, so it's okay. Maybe he's, he's having a good day. I'll let him be. Have a good day, whoever that person is. Alright guys, <laughs> hope you guys all enjoyed this episode, and I'm signing out guys, peace. Alright guys, uh, I hope you guys all are staying safe, and I'm out, peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.